if you really want to be connected to your team, in my experience, then have the conversations you don't want to have. That's the best way to stay connected. <laughs> have the ones that seem disruptive or you're afraid are going to sour the relationship but are necessary or are going to disintermediate whatever's going on. Those conversations, you know, they come up when you go, I'd like to talk to so-and-so, but now, that doesn't mean you wouldn't pick the right time and so on, but that you wouldn't let them dangle because it's the dangling of the incomplete conversations that creates the distance. How do you make sure you stay connected with your team, even with all of the things that demand your attention? Do you know where each person on your direct report team stands and what's working and not working for them? Do you dread the connection conversation when you think about the energy, focus, and time that it will take? Hello, my friends. My name is Chad. This is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high stakes conversations for relentless company founders. In this episode, I get the chance to sit down with Dan and Adrian. We chat about staying connected with your team, or more specifically, the kind of connection that you have with your team, and how to and how to prior and how to prioritize that connection. This conversation went a totally different direction than I thought it was going to, and it was perfect. So let's dive in. So. This, I think the most natural starting point is to talk about what does it mean to be connected to your team? And this, I think this is one of those times when there's some, this like really nice thing we say, which is be connected to your team as a founder, as a, as an executive, as somebody who's, you know, created something and has people working with them. Um, but m maybe a lot of us don't stop to enough for long enough to think what do I mean by staying connected? Have I gotten specific about that? So as you guys hear this question and, and the context of it, and you think of it, uh, you know, think of the idea of being connected to your team. We talk a lot about this on the podcast. What do we, what, what does that mean to you? What, what are we talking about? Or what are you, what are you talking about when you talk about being connected to your team? Well, I, I first start out with gravity, which is we're all connected to our team. Period. No matter how, I mean, even disconnection is a connection to the team. You know, avoidance is a connection to the, I mean, we've all got an established relationship. So we're all connected in some way. It's just really, the, the question is, is what's the quality of the connection with our team? And what are the outcomes based on the nature of that relationship? You know, so that's where I began is, is first off, just the, the observance of the gravity, like the whatever's happening is the connection that's there right now. People usually mean I want to get connected to their team. I think they usually mean an emotional connection. Um, so that's where to begin. First is I would I would gauge on I would take a look at what is the current you know connection that's here. There are benefits to it. There are uh, positive attributes to it. I'm sure there are probably some things that are missing in the connections to your team. So I would pick and I would. Uh, I think this isn't your question, Chad, but I would start with uh, assessing what's here really right now. Um, I like it though. I like it. Is there, it, 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 it begs the question then for me, is that, is it even value? Is it even valuable to use connected or disconnected as an indicator? 
because that's not specific enough. I mean, it may be, I don't know. Well, the questions are kind of in the same vein of Adrian's in the question is revealing in itself. Uh, with all that I saw on my plate is basically what, how I summated everything that, that Peter said, with all that's on my plate, how do I stay connected to my, my team? It, it occurs to me with all that's on your plate, that's the reason to stay connected with your team. Right. Like the connection, the connection is that like the, if, if the team, it seems as if the team is posed in a different light from what one has on their plate. It's like, mm. it's like the work balanced life bouncer juxtaposed against each other rather than I wonder how it, so how am I connected to the team? If it's not around the vision and purpose of everything that's on my plate. And, and so if I'm really clear about what that is, I'm going to be clear about who can take what on the team off my plate, mm. who can, who, who they are all resources for me dealing with what's on my plate is a very different. So here's what opens up for me, which I'm making this up. Right. But what occurs to me then is hmm, there are probably conversations I don't have with my team because they seem like they are going to take away from everything else that I have to do on my plate. They represent conflict or they represent resistance or they represent something that immediately doesn't look like it's going to be beneficial for everything I have on my plate. And yeah, I, I think that, that sounds fair to me. I mean, that's what I was starting to think through. If I'm putting myself in Peter's place, I'm thinking, well, I'm not having the conversations with them about them and where they're at because that seems like a distraction, a distraction from everything that I've got going on. But that, and I would say, well, that's where you know, in a more in a very tangible way, what Joseph Campbell's talking about in the Great Adventure, on the hero's journey, is to speak honestly about what's wanted and needed in those relationships around the things that move the business. And whatever comes up is what needs to come up to open up what's wanted and needed to get that done, to actually take some of that load off, to synergize the team, however you want to say it, to bring all the talents, to leverage the talents on the team in a way that the things that are on the leader's plate are not only getting done, but they're served in, in the way that will give the leader more resource to, to lead, to stand uh, to resort to, to serve the organization, I guess that would be. So that that's what I'm thinking is that there's probably a series of conversations that want to be had that are being categorized as a waste of time or not as important as these other things that ultimately would lead to the resource needed. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's you know, and that's a presupposition. I, I don't know that that's true, but that's what I would be investigating if. Yeah. Well, it, it hits me one of the one of the presuppositions in the question, which just reveals the framework that the question comes from, is that the leaders themselves are off the plate. Because these relationships meaning <laughs> that's if, good. <laughs> well, if, if I'm leading and I have a team, the leaders are on my plate. The team. The team leaders the is team. what you think. Yes. Yeah. Got yeah. It. yeah. The, the, the presupposition, the question is like that I've got a plate with my own tasks and then people are over here somewhere. Yes. And, you know, I think if you're a leader that wants to run it well, 
um, then the quality of these relationships and the connection that's there, and not only just kind of uh, friendly connection, I mean, connection really to how my people are uh, approaching, uh, so solving issues, how they're approaching the vision, how much they're, you know, all that is on my plate. I can act, I can wish it wasn't. Um, and, but that's problematic. So it's, it's what's on my plate. What's not on my plate. If your leaders aren't on your plate, you're already missing something. It would be my, um, I guess the, the, the presupposition just to kind of wonder about in the beginning, it's like, well, yeah. Focus the inquiry. It, into is, is it, yeah. Cause it's, I mean, I, I make up that like, I've got my plate, which is used probably code for all the things I'm responsible for. Sure. If I let if I let these people that are holding their own plates get close to me, they're going to put some more shit on my plate, and I don't have any room. <laughs> you know, don't sneak your shit onto my plate. <laughs> this is Thanksgiving over here. So, I mean, as a leader, when you think about it, I, I I want the leaders and how they're doing to be on my plate. I don't want their plate to be on my plate. Mm-hmm. Their you know their task is what's what they're responsible for. I'm not responsible for what they're responsible for. I'm responsible for making sure they are responsible for what they're responsible for. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a lot of words, but hopefully trackable. So anyway, so if we can get that stuff straight, Dan's brilliant points and kind of, and this something I'm putting out, which is like how my leaders are oriented towards what they're responsible for. I want that on my plate. So it's not like, Oh, I tend to the relationships. So they're okay. No. How do I engage them um, to know, to, to influence and to be connected to how they're operating whenever they're not around me. Like I want that to be on my plate. I think it is period. I, I don't think we get a vote on that. If we are responsible for a team, I just want to, yeah, I'm inviting leaders to like oh, own that shit. Like, Oh, hold on. My team's orientation to what they're up to is actually on my plate. If I'm, if I'm the quote unquote leader. Yeah. Um, if I choose to be the leader. Yeah. The way I would summarize, I love what you guys are talking about the way that I, I, I just in the moment, what I'm hearing, how I would summarize it is that this, this idea of can being connected to your people uh, AKA knowing where they're at feels like an addition to everything that is your responsibility. That's not the case. It is your responsibility. My prime, um, my prime responsibility. Got if it. I, because if, if I really want them to take care of business, my business is them taking care of them, standing with them. Right on. Yeah. So the problem is not that you have a full plate and you're not getting to this extra thing the 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 problem is is that the it seems like a focus problem to me <laughs> like you've chosen to focus on these tasks that you chose to take responsibility for in instead of making that piece which is connection with your people a large part of what's or or I don't know if it's large or not but just a piece of whatever piece it needs to be of on your plate of your time yeah all right. And if, right there's, if, there's, if, there's, if there's dread in that for you as a leader, that's worth investigating. That's worth. Right on. That's you know, great. You, you, yeah, you're basically, you're, it's incumbent upon you to research that, to understand that, to break it up for not only your well being, but the team's well being. Otherwise, there's going to be a 
an unspoken estrangement that's going to only break, it's going to break up the, the synergy that could happen. It's going to keep it from happening. The only constant in an organization like yours is change. I want to take just a second to tell you about the change imperative written by our very own Dan Takini. How do you personally relate to change in your business? Does it feel like a threat at times? Does it ever feel like you can't keep up with it or that it never happens fast enough? Are there certain players on your team that resist change and keep your company stuck? Do you know how to lead people through the change that your vision requires? If not, it's impossible to take this thing to the next level. Growth, change, and transition, these intersections often come with confusion, frustration, and resistance, but they don't have to. You can flip those experiences into clarity, confidence, and alignment with the Change Imperative eBook. It is the instructions for innovating with your team. So go ahead and click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Change Imperative now and feel confident about creating the change in your company necessary to go to the next level. Now, back to the conversation. So what what type, so Adrian, back to your what you were talking about, like we all are connected in some way or we all have, we're, we're having an impact. Um, yeah. And and it just is a question of what kind of impact we're having, which is a I guess impact is another way of saying connected. How am I connected to you? What am I? What influence or impact am I having on your life? And um, you know, what I'm curious for you two, what specific intentional ways are you committed to being connected to our team? Well, connection happens in a, in, a, in a at least a couple of different environments there's probably a lot more, but I'm thinking about how people think about it. So if you're leaning on meetings to be the way to be connected with people, you're probably anemic. Um, like you're probably not connecting in ways that are needed because there's like, there's the formal relationship where we're here to talk about this, to move this thing forward. Um, and then there's the informal, which are more spontaneous um, can be more personal. Uh, I think most people assume that what's needed is going to take a lot more time. And that's why we avoid it instead of the easy task of just spontaneously calling someone to check in with them, especially if they're up against something big or they're in a big project right now. Um, and if, if you're a leader that doesn't, that this doesn't show up on your radar, this could be like a very practical thing to do next is is to schedule in, this is what I would do, schedule in time in my own calendar just to check in with X person on a regular basis because I'll need reminders to go do that. So there's, um, you know, there's those more informal. Those can be as powerful and even more powerful as a signal to the person that you're actually, can that you're concerned with them in a good way. Like you've, you, you know, you're, uh, they show up, they show up as somebody that you care about and to go check in with them. That can be, that can be a five minute conversation. It really can be that potent. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I think about it with the team and as our team is ever expanding now, um, that's something I've been thinking about a lot and tending to, and pr- having these new uh, practices on just staying connected to the new folks that keep coming in. It's a powerful practice. That's something that I use, um, 
regularly is is scheduling that time with people who I'm connected to or in charge of or or overseeing their contribution. I mean, you know, Alonzo, who manages my media company, um, we have a Thursday morning call every Thursday morning, and that's a connection call. And what I notice is a, I get a lot less this is, I don't want to, how do I make this, How is this going to sound? All right, whatever. I'll just go for it. I get a lot less um, in the weeds questions throughout the week because we know we have this moment of connection on Thursday. And to me, that's, that's more efficient than consistently getting, you know, different needs at different times. Uh, now, if there's if there's something immediate, then obviously he knows he's more than welcome to reach out to me and we can connect and do whatever needs to be done. But having that scheduled time and sometimes a lot of times that call is just, how are you, man? Yeah, how are yeah. you feeling about things? What's yeah. going on for you? And sometimes that's all it is. And it's 10 minutes, maybe less. Right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, this this practice just even for me having it on my schedule, it gives me that opportunity to re re reconnect re like ground myself in that conversation. But it also for him, I believe um, that it gives him like, he sees the importance of what our connection is and he's ready. He brings it as well. There's an expectation for that call on him. Um, to bring to the table whatever's there for him as well. So anyway, I just wanted to put a pin in that practice because that's really important. Just like any other thing you're supposed to be doing as a founder, you would put it in your calendar. You would put it on your to-do list. This is this is no different. I would be in touch with connected to the aim for each of those. Like like, why am I doing this? What am I up to? Why am I making this call? I mean, obviously, it, for me, it would be the personal and professional development of those whoever I'm responsible to and for. And so, yeah. you know, I'm going to want to be clear about my aim because the aim may require that I call up and connect. It also may be require I break rapport in order to let that person deal with the tension that will fully develop them that I could not. It's so without it's not my power to do to save them from or to help to do for them. Yeah. So there's, because I, a lot of the work I, what I think about is like training trainers and consultants and other team members, you know, at what point do you break rapport and let them stand on their own? At what point do you come up underneath them and stand right beside them? At what point do you actually take their hand and help them do the task? Like oh. I, those are all, those are all, those are all actions that would be, I think could be part of, they're all part of the choices to be connected. Like if I'm connected to you and I'm I, this for Adrian, you as, you know, as a trainer, you mentioned different domains as you get up, right? You're almost there. So I would just let go. And if he dangles, let him dangle because I, I know he'll, mm -hmm. he has enough experience and, and life experience and, and experience in the room and what we do that he'll make it work out. And enough commitment. Enough commitment. It's like coming in too early or cutting in would not be of any really, it's not being connected to him. Right. Right. It's being connected to somebody who I thought he might've been six months ago or a year ago. Right. Or if, and the same thing's true in consulting or like whatever domain you're working with somebody in and you expect them, you know, it's like a reciprocation. 
like you're going to dance with each other so that it's best in mind. What's in mind is what's best for you. And and if I'm really committed to you, that's where I'm going to follow my conscience. Now, I, I could miss. I could miss. And then I would be re- willing to receive the correction. Right. And probably will at times. I, yeah, I could. I, I'm When I say I could, I'm speaking probable. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it shows up in my experience. Dan, when you say breaking report, could you just talk about for a second what you, what you mean when you say that? The it was a part of human existence that I think we all go we go through multiple times, all many times in our lives, where you you're going out to do something, you get yourself prepared, you try to learn everything you can, but there's this point when you have to step into the desert and do it. You know, you have to, like, nobody's going to be there for you. It's like, I remember feeling that way in Little League. The first time I got up at bat, I had to face this fastball pitcher. And I was afraid of the ball. And I'd done all this practice. I hit the tee ball and I'd done all these things. But I remember walking up to that box. I had to stand in that box alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no one else there. And I and and I was either going to hit the ball. I was either going to stand up to the ball or the ball was going to push me around right yeah and i'll never forget it took me some time to muster up the courage to do that and breaking rapport is the coach couldn't be there with me i mean he could he could speak from the dugout but i was the one facing the ball mm-hmm. and, and and i think that's a lot of times um either out of our own fear of whoever we're working with failing and making us look bad or we're having to cover or just wanting to look good, we have a tendency, I, I can speak for myself, I can have a tendency to cut that off, cut in too early, or try to support them when all mm-hmm. I'm doing is stifling their growth. Mm-hmm. And, and and so being connected, it's so easy to want to translate that into a set of things to do. I think that's part of what Adrian was trying to disintermediate was, you know, it could be anything that you're going to do. But if you think like just calling the person's one thing, but... Why, who are you calling them for? You know, am I calling you because I want to look good because I want to be connected to you? And I, or am I calling you to really, cause there's something about what you, who you are developing into and how that relates to what you're committed to in life. I have something to offer to that. Hmm. I think, and I, you know, I've done both. Yeah. Dan, you brought up earlier break or um, the, the hero's journey. The yeah. the pattern set out by Joseph Campbell definitely not invented by him but but identified by him, and a part of that is when the master can can't fight the fight for you. Yeah, that's all I'm getting at. That's as I mean, and it's easy to be very protective over your people, mm. and I've been protective over my people because I'm really protecting me. Sure, <laughs> that's when it gets that's when it gets messy, you know. And but I've convinced myself that. My conviction is truly for them, in spite of their many cries to leave them alone. (laughs) (laughs) They just don't know what's good for them. (laughs) Yeah, and and maybe it's a good place to say it here, because I think you're alluding to it, Dan, as well. As you're you're managing a team, leading a team, what each person wants and needs is going to be very distinct. That's for sure. So, you know, if you're going to paint with a brush especially if you're a system-minded person, you might paint with a broad brush and just like, oh, I talk to, you know, people love to say, I, I talk to my teammates every fill in the blank as if that's worth anything. 
Um, meaning like, but every, every teammate might need some people need to talk to twice a week and you might not want to do that. Um, and that's to be negotiated, you know, cause there's some, there's some needs or wants they might have that aren't sustainable for you long-term. Um, and then I'd have that conversation. Some people it's best for them if you're not calling them on a regular basis. So just, uh, you know, and I did just inquire into like, what do they want and need from you? You know, cause that's, that's up for grabs and everybody's got their own perspective about that. And usually it's, it's historically based, um, about what a good boss does or whatever. So I just, you know, I wouldn't, there's lots of assumptions I think people make, uh, that are worth exploring about really what is the cadence that's actually helpful. Yeah. And if you really want to be connected to your team, in my experience, then have the conversations you don't want to have. That's the best way to stay connected. <laughs> have the ones that seem disruptive or you're afraid are going to sour the relationship, but are necessary or are going to disintermediate whatever's going on. Those conversations, you know, they come up when you go, I'd like to talk to so-and-so, but now, that doesn't mean you wouldn't pick the right time and so on but that you wouldn't let them dangle because it's the dangling of the incomplete conversations that creates the distance. Most of the time, the experience of distance. Yeah. So have those conversations. Yeah. That's, that's true care. I mean, if, if you really care about the quote unquote connection or really, I mean, as we talk about connection, I keep, it keeps coming up for me connection for what? Yeah. yeah. But what do we want to keep connected for? It, because that's what the prescription is for an employer or a founder and an employee, or because you have an aim and, and you have a vision and there's something meaningful that you're going after together. And, and, what, and, and remember ahead, what, what, remember what ties you together are the set of promises that represent that vision that, brought, that basically brought you together, that bonded you. Right. Right. So that, I mean, my, I'm saying that commitment to that aim together is what's going to dictate or invite the, the level of connection or how the connection happens. Yeah. Right on. Yep. Amen. Well, that's great. This is, this has been a fun one. Any final, any final thoughts about uh, this conversation being connected to your people? Or rather let's, let's fix that. How you want to be connected to your people. Yeah. My experience is most founders, um, they're very independent and mm. they love, they cherish independence. And that's part of why they started their own thing. Yeah. And we tend to give other people what we want. And that's, that's, that might, you might get lucky and it's aligned, uh, or it's like a really bad idea. So, most I, I hear whenever there is a breakdown in relationship between founders and employees, what the kind of the thinking behind it usually shows up like an excuse for the founder is they say, I didn't want to micromanage him. And that's usually because anytime you're looking over the shoulder of a founder, they're like, what the hell are you doing? I got this. Get out of the way. Leave me alone. Trust me. And, it, and how they define all those terms. So my, I guess the final kind of invite is, is realizing your own machinery there and maybe your own bias there. Um, and then wondering with each person and it changes over time, 
Um, and I would get over, I mean, if you're, what is micromanagement? You're, you're typically really managing people's behavior. And that's not, when we say connection, we're not talking about that. We're talking about aligning with them and their purpose and what they're committed to. So and, and who, who they want to become out of handling that as they handle that, who they want to become both for right. themselves and the organization. Right on. I, I would also, I would wrap up with this. If you think what we're talking about, or if you feel in your mind, you say, well, I'm not a babysitter. And well, my, my request would be, well, why don't you go have that conversation with the one you think you're babysitting <laughs> and, and, and open up to how the possible arrogance in that statement and arrogance and naivete in that statement, be open to what you may not be hearing and what's really wanted and needed to have that, whoever, whomever that person is, step out on their own and take ownership of what they're there to own and to become more than they've ever been before up until that point. Yeah. Yeah, the avoidance of seeing what's needed and wanted for the sake of not wanting to be a babysitter. That's interesting. Yeah, like just step into it, okay? If, if I'm thinking I'm babysitting you, Chad, I'm going to sit down and say it because then I'll find out if I am or not. And sure. you'll know where I'm at and now we'll be connected in our disconnection. Yeah. yeah. You are a pretty good babysitter though, Dan. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> you always bring those fun games we can play just to keep That's you right. I always like to bring games up. <laughs> <laughs> hearts you kept me pretty entertained you go get adrian and i both pretty entertained for two nights with hearts oh yeah oh and i have more i have more. i can't wait till we get together again uh thanks gentlemen this has been fantastic awesome. appreciate both of you thank you bye-bye everybody my friends thank you so much for listening to yet another conversation on the naked leadership podcast your listenership and commitment to the podcast means the world to us if this podcast or these conversations has helped or inspired you in any way would you mind going to apple podcasts and leaving a five-star rating and a glowing review this helps us grow the movement and reach more leaders and teams finally the greatest compliment that you can give us is sharing the podcast with your teams and the other leaders in your life until next week bye-bye everybody we